0: Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.
1: From St. Louis Public Radio.
2: This is St. Louis on the Air. What we're going to have to do as a city... We're going to have to walk and chew gum. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to deal with issues on the ground when it comes to crime and negative behaviors. At the same time, we've got to deal with root causes.
0: The momentum that, you know, that we had, you know, when people were sort of moving into the city, you know, uh, has slowed down simply because I just see uh, less people around who are interested in doing
1: that. We have to remember that we're in a very unique position in this city, unlike our peer cities, where we're competing against our suburban neighbor who's just 10 minutes away.
3: I'm Sarah Fenske. In many ways, downtown St. Louis may have been hit harder by the pandemic than just about any neighborhood across the region. Office workers left as white-collar jobs went remote. Residents say that created a vacuum, one that troublemakers were only too willing to exploit. Last week, St. Louis Mayor Tishara Jones unveiled her plan to get a handle on downtown. It entails more police on weekends in the short term and a focus group to look at bigger issues in the long term. But is that the right approach? And even if it is, is it enough? Well, we'll open the phone lines to hear your thoughts in just a bit. But first, joining us now are two public officials who know downtown better than just about anybody. Since 2015, Alderman Jack Coder has represented a ward that includes downtown. Alderman Coder, welcome.
1: Thanks for having me, Sarah.
3: And we're also joined today by Alderman James Page. He was elected this spring to represent a ward that also includes downtown. And he is the executive director of the downtown. St. Louis Neighborhood Association. Alderman Page, welcome. Thank you so much, Sarah. Glad to be here. So I want to start with you, Alderman Page. You've lived downtown for about 19 years now. Give us some perspective. How is downtown doing?
2: Well, let's just say uh, 19 years to be exact this month, coincidentally. But who's counting?
3: (laughs) It's a great anniversary.
2: Yes. Uh, I proudly live in downtown St. Louis and have all that time. And I have uh, witnessed the birth, if you will, of the downtown loft district. Uh, I live in one of said lofts. Uh, Love it. No gardening. (laughs) No grass to cut. I can focus on issues. So I I really love it. Uh, I will say that downtown has changed or migrated or morphed somewhat over that 19, almost 20-year period but uh, I am very, very optimistic that uh, the city of St. Louis is resilient and I'm optimistic that we will power through our current issues.
3: I love that optimism. Does it feel like we're in a hard spot right now, something that we do need to power through, or is that just doom and gloom from people who don't even live there?
2: Well, uh, I don't know if I'd couch it as a hard spot, but we are facing a number of challenges. Uh, some of which are local in nature, some of which are brought by state legislation in Jefferson City, Mm. such as the ultra-liberal gun laws in the state of Missouri that uh, has uh, left us with some challenges around gun violence.
3: Ultra-conservative gun laws. Yes. Okay, yeah. Liberal
2: as in right to carry and the like conservative in philosophy.
3: That makes sense. Alderman Coder, you don't live downtown, but you have represented it now for a number of years. It's part of that Seventh Ward. What's the overall gist of what you're hearing from residents about the state of things these days?
1: Yeah, so, you know, I hear it from a number of residents and and also from business owners. The Seventh Ward includes the entire central business district of downtown, so basically everything east of Tucker. Um, And and and. What I'm hearing from folks is they're they're very scared. They're they're worried about their safety, whether they live there and are, are there, you know, at night and see some of the issues that the alderman from the fifth, my colleague James, uh, has talked about and witnesses regularly, or if they're the office workers who are maybe sporadically back in the office or working from the comfort of their home and seeing some of the news stories about what's going on downtown there's certainly a level of fear uh, and trepidation about returning to downtown
3: Alderman Page is this a lot of perception I mean Alderman Coder there mentioned people are seeing news reports these are maybe office workers who used to work downtown haven't been there as much lately is there some reality to these concerns or are it, these the suburban folk who don't know
2: it, it is a mixture and I don't want to put mathematics on it but it is a mixture of both perception and reality and quite often as happens uh, throughout uh, the universe perception quite often becomes reality and um, some of the issues uh, related to crime which uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about sure. as we go forward uh, with the mayor's plan and the like um, some of the things that we are facing Generates perceptions that expand beyond just the city of St. Louis, St. Louis County. It expands into the whole region and gives us uh, somewhat of a negative or a opinion or a black eye, so to speak. Some deserved, some not.
3: So this is something where that perception kind of then feeds on it. Fewer respectable people want to come down. that leaves more place for the troublemakers.
2: It does. And I hope during this uh, conversation we get a chance to talk about some of the good things in downtown St. Louis. Uh, but as is a natural, I think human um, sort of, um, it's, it's kind of a human thing, so to speak, to go to the negative first. Mm-hmm. And uh especially when it comes to safety and quality of life issues, people tend to go to the negative first, out of fear, out of concern. Uh so that's kind of natural. But it's on all of us within the St. Louis City, uh our uh non-government organizations, our 501c3s, our administrative branch in government, our legislative branch that Board of Aldermen, it's up to all of us to make improvements that will be seen and heard far and wide.
3: So we heard from downtown resident. This is Danny. uh, They write about polling a group of neighbors and says, quote, overwhelmingly, their number one question was about crime. Why was it allowed to get so bad? And what is actually being done now to effectively reduce it in both the short and long term? And these are some Wash Ave loft dwellers. These are not people who are Chesterfield types that never come to downtown. Alderman Coder, this question of why was it allowed to get so bad? Is there a sense from some people you talked to that this plan from the mayor's office needed to be here months ago?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly understand the frustration. And, and some of it's a resource issue and some of it's a priorities issue. I mean, when you talk about, for, for example, sort of sort of the lack of law enforcement presence downtown, some of that is simply resources. We have a lot. We have many, many hundreds of vacancies, probably close to 150 vacancies in the police department. Uh, the 4th District, which covers downtown, is one of the shortest staffed of uh, of the of our police districts so we have a resource issue in terms of the number of officers available uh to which i have said repeatedly and, and continue to that we need to prioritize downtown in particular simply because of the tax base it generates the out-of-town guests uh and and frankly the news coverage it it, it gets uh and i think we're seeing some of that shift but but with that shift comes the you know the reality of we're pulling resources from elsewhere and and at the end of the day you know while downtown has its challenges and we and we and the crime that occurs downtown is is often front page news or or top-of-the-hour news if you're on radio or TV um, it, it still frankly pales into comparison to to some of the crime and the level of violence we see in many of our neighborhoods mm-hmm. so when you're making decisions and having to pull resources from neighborhoods that are very challenged and have very serious crime issues themselves to protect downtown, obviously that 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 comes with a cost and there's, uh, you know, sometimes a political consequence to that. But at the end of the day, downtown is 20 plus percent of our city's general fund. The, the tax dollars are generated in the downtown central business districts, and we have to keep it safe and we have to grow it if we want to tackle the bigger issues citywide.
3: You mentioned where these resources are coming from. The Post-Dispatch reported on the mayor's plan and they said that the mayor's office told them that the extra 30 officers, quote, will mostly be re- reassigned from citywide units such as problem properties and the mobile reserve that focuses on pockets of crime throughout the city. Others could be working overtime. Alderman Coder, I, I thought that was a little ironic in light of the big fight over overtime and the mayor's office supposedly not wanting more overtime. Now she's talking about overtime. Right.
1: Well, I, I'm, I'm very glad that uh, Alderman Page supported and that we put the uh, additional $5 million into that police overtime budget in our most recent uh, allocation of, of American Rescue Plan dollars. Um, but joking aside, you know, Certainly, I've had my disagreements with the current administration. The issues we're dealing with didn't start on their watch. Now, some of them have gotten worse, and as we've moved into this sort of second year of the pandemic, uh, they've become exacerbated. But I'm glad to see that they're taking them seriously and trying to at least deal with them. I think 30 officers, you know, per shift, I guess, or at night on the weekends is a start. Um, some of those resources mm-hmm. we were already getting downtown, whether it was public or not, those specialized units, that was already sort of part of their mission. So I think, frankly, it's going to probably take more than that to get a handle on. On some of this but this is a start and I'm glad we're at least all talking about it openly and working together.
3: Alderman Page what's your sense of things when it comes to this police presence? Do you think 30 officers on the weekends is the right number and the right time that we need them there?
2: Well actually um, it's, it's hard to actually pin down what that right number is. Because it will see, we'll see over time what the effectiveness of this force is. I might also may want to add right now that we also do have our resources from the sheriff department. Uh, we have uh, Sheriff Vernon Betts has uh, lent some of his resources, uh, especially vehicles with lights flashing and the like, to put in a presence downtown. So you add that to the existing resources, the additional thirty and I'll tell you that's one of the things that I'm most excited about about the mayor's plan because I think what we're gonna have to do as a city we're gonna have to walk and chew gum Hmm. we're gonna have to deal with issues on the ground when it comes to crime and negative behaviors at the same time we have gotta deal with root causes and I'm 100 percent with the mayor on that but the thing about it is root causes as in Finding things for our young people to do, alternative activities to roaming and throwing firecrackers and shooting guns, that's going to be tough, but I think it's worth pursuing. But So we've got to walk and chew gum. We've got to do both of these. We've got to get things back into a sense of safety, security, and quality of life while we move forward to longer-term planning.
3: We're interested in hearing your perspective on this discussion we're having with the two aldermen who represent uh, parts of downtown. If you have a question or comment about the state of downtown, our phone lines are now open. You can call us at 314-382-8255. That's 382 Talk. You can also send us a tweet at STL On Air and join our conversation that way. We did get a tweet from Umar. He writes, "In a sense, downtown has rebounded from where it was in the 1980s and 1990s. I remember it is very desolate and having very few residents." Alderman Coder, there has been a ton of investment in downtown, and the number of people living there has actually gone up. Do we need to keep that in perspective?
1: We certainly do. I mean, we've seen billions of dollars of an investment in downtown, and yeah, I, I was not here in the in the '80s or '90s, but I I hear the stories from you know some of our our downtown pioneers who are still living in lofts uh, that moved in right when they were rehabbed. And yes, downtown has changed dramatically in the last 20 plus years, and, and for the better. Now we're we're dealing with some growing pains, and and again, I think a lot of this is exactly exacerbated by the pandemic and not having a workforce and sort of eyes on the street and your daily office workers but um, yes we do have to keep it in perspective that you know 20 plus years ago most of the buildings along Washington Avenue were vacant or, uh, or and boarded up and now most of them are full of residents whether they're loft dwellers condo owners or or, um, or renters and and we're happy to have them and we want to keep them and continue to grow our, our downtown residential base and our, our business community.
3: We also heard on Twitter from um, at T Warsism, who writes, This issue with gun violence isn't just relegated to downtown. Those of us that live in other parts are also dealing with similar situations. I also think there needs to be more accountability from property owners so that homes don't look like they're abandoned, etc. Some of those same questions that we always have to talk about when we talk about St. Louis. Well, we do want to remind you those phone lines are open, 314-382-8255. And we're talking today to Seventh Ward Alderman Jack Coder and Fifth Ward Alderman James Page. We need to take a quick break. And just before we do that, you may have heard comedian Mark Marin was here last week. He joined St. Louis on the air last Wednesday. He had shows at the Helium Comedy Club all weekend. And he actually started off his podcast this morning with some praise for the city. I feel like we need to hear this today. We need to hear this right in the middle of this discussion that's maybe a bit harder. Um, so Mark Marin talked about how Tamara Keefe, who's the owner of Clementine's Creamery, took him on a tour of the city. There
2: seemed to be some sort of concerted effort on behalf of the city to make me assess it properly. (laughs) This town, this city is okay, man. It's okay. We got cool food, we got ice cream, and we got like free museums, man, and good record stores and decent people and kind of wild old, you know, brick architecture. Get on board. But I forget that I like these places. I like these Midwestern cities. Until I get someplace, you know, I don't know what's up, and my my opinion has not changed of Missouri, uh, in large part, but I, I I do think St. Louis is is okay with me.
3: St. Louis is okay with him. That is St. Louis fan Mark Marin on his WTF with Mark Marin podcast. If you want to catch our entire conversation with Mark last week, where he did talk more about St. Louis, uh, you can search for St. Louis on the Air wherever you get your podcasts, or you can find individual conversations via stlonair.show. And we'll be back shortly after this break to continue our conversation about downtown St. Louis with the two aldermen who've joined us today. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. And now back to our conversation. We're talking about the state of downtown. Um, My guests today are Fifth Ward Alderman James Page, who himself has been a downtown resident for 19 years, and Seventh Ward Alderman Jack Coder, who also represents part of the ward. I'm going to go to the phone lines. We do have a number of callers with some thoughts on all this. Let's go to Rick, who's calling from downtown himself. I guess he's a resident. Rick, hi. uh, You're on St. Louis on the air. Uh, hello, hi, uh,
0: Sarah. I'm uh, I'm a longtime fan of your show. Um, Thank you. I just wanted I just wanted to uh, you know call in as a resident, <clears throat> give my perspective of like how I have seen it, the downtown area you know uh, over the last eleven years that I have lived here, um, and it's I think when I first moved here, uh, people exaggerated uh, a lot of the uh, problems with crime, problems with uh, issues with um, safety. Um, but over the last five years or so, uh, I have seen a lot of problems, and uh, they were only exacerbated uh, by the pandemic, uh, you know, certainly issues with safety. And, uh, you know, another problem I'd say is that with regard to, you know, the development of the area, I think it has slowed down a bit with regard to, like, businesses moving in and, you know, the momentum that we had uh, about 10 years ago.
3: Rick, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that's been your perspective. Um, before I let one of the aldermen sort of respond to those thoughts there, you mentioned you feel like things have slowed down. Is there anything else you'd point to that makes you feel like it's been getting worse? This is obviously pre-pandemic for you that you thought it was getting worse.
0: Well, I mean, I, I guess that, you know, um, we I, I started to see some of these safety issues even before, uh, you know, the pandemic started. Um, you know, we started to see some more issues with regard to people, um you know coming downtown and you know start doing some of the stuff that you know we now know they they do you know more regularly um but i would say that the momentum that you know that we had you know when people were sort of moving into the city you know uh has slowed down simply because i just see uh, less people around who are interested in doing that when, uh, uh, by comparison to when I first uh, moved here.
3: Okay. Well, Rick, thank you for sharing those thoughts, and I'm, I'm sorry about those last five years. Alderman Page, I saw you kind of react when he said he feels like uh, the momentum is slowing on development. Well, I, I
2: certainly can understand um, and appreciate uh, his view of things. But I, I'm, I'm going to speak for just a second about my view of the fabulous Fifth Ward, and yes, I said it—the fabulous Fifth Ward, which is part of downtown. I'm just going to mention a, a few developments, uh, not the least of which is Square, which has moved its headquarters into the Fifth Ward. That's huge. Another is uh, the Ponce School of Medical Sciences which if you saw in the news recently just announced the opening of its medical school it is also in the fifth ward and will be expanding further in the fifth ward into the old Pruitt-Igoe site Hmm. uh, along Jefferson and Cass uh... we have uh... market rate developers uh... working anxious to put shovels in the ground in the fifth ward to develop uh... what i call solar villages Uh, Homes that are predominantly powered by solar energy. The entire rooftops covered with solar panels as well as the carports and garages to definitely offset energy costs. Uh, Let's go to the other side of housing and go to affordable housing. Uh, We're working closely with uh, large-scale developers. Um, I'm sure you know who they are. Who are developing, uh, completely rebuilding the old O'Fallon Place into Preservation Square. Yeah. Uh, we're working with our affordable housing complexes using choice neighborhood grants to improve those neighborhoods. So there is a lot going on in the Fifth Ward. Also, with small developers who are developing some of our historical buildings into. Uh, residential spaces as well as community spaces. So, from what I see in the fifth ward, including downtown, I'm not seeing things slowing down. Uh, look at the last hotel. Uh, I'll stop there.
3: <laughs> the last <laughs> hotel is an amazing site. Alderman Coder. When you and I spoke the other day, you also mentioned there's stuff even going on on LaClede's Landing, which I got to admit was a bit of news to me.
1: There is. We're very proud of the uh, progress we're making on LaClede's Landing. Um, we've got uh, one building, the old bi State building, right in the corner of uh, First and Morgan. There, uh, for, sorry, First and Lucas, which is now full of residents, fifty plus um, residential units. We've got three buildings under construction. We've spent millions in uh, of dollars and some, some federal. Disaster Relief Funds, redoing the streets down there. So if you haven't been to LaCleed's Landing in a while, I would encourage you to check it out. It's it's looking lovely. Um, So along those lines, you know, Rick mentioned that things are slowing down. You know, from a dollars and cents terms of development, things are not really slowing down. Um, You know, we have a lot of we've had some new developments between Ballpark Village, the soccer stadium, the work we're doing on the Cleeds Landing. But I certainly understand his perspective, because frankly, you know, the buildings in sort of the core of downtown have mostly been redeveloped. Now Mm -hmm. we've got a couple of large buildings, namely the Railway Exchange, and now the the vacant AT&T tower that uh, that need to be, you know, repurposed. Um, But most of the other buildings, we we have had, you know, successful developments. So you might not see as much sort of construction in the core of downtown, because most of it's been developed, uh, but there's still certainly work to do and and I do understand his frustration with the, you know sort of feeling like things have slowed down the other thing I would add is in the last you know decade or so uh, our neighbor to the west Clayton has aggressively pursued you know businesses that Law maybe were, were located down <laughs> on professional service firms in particular so we have to remember that we're in a very unique position in this city unlike our peer cities where we're competing against our suburban neighbor who's just 10 minutes away which makes for a, a very challenging circumstance
3: Ugh, challenging is right i want Sarah, to go back I, to the, i'd
2: uh, be remiss if i didn't add three more developments in okay. the 5th ward uh we have all passed down Olive and seen the Butler Brothers building that consumes an entire city block at around uh Olive and uh 17th Street. Mm-hmm. Well, working with a developer out of Memphis, Tennessee, uh city administration and I just recently reached a deal to rehab that building into 384 apartments. Wow. So when you say slowing down, and I'm working with developers in these deals, another one I'll add, everyone will remember the Shell building that has the Shell sign on the front of it. That has been under development for quite some time. And just this past Friday, a week ago, I met with the developer of the Jefferson Arms Hotel. And that is moving forward, that sits on Tucker so there's a lot going on in downtown and the fifth ward.
3: This is the dose of optimism that I needed today, Alderman Page. I'm I'm beginning to be like, why didn't I know about this? Why didn't I know about that? This is is great to hear. Let's go to the phone lines. We do have uh, a lot of people wanting to join us. We'll see how many we can squeeze in. Um, Ted is calling from University City. Ted, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air.
2: Hello, thank you for taking my call. I think it was a slap in the face to score Who just uh, uh, revitalized the post dispatch building? That it took us a long time to move the homeless from Intico Plaza. Also, look at the time it took for us to close down Rain Nightclub, and it's not uh, purposely 100% closed now. But, but all the trouble that was on Washington Avenue and much of it from rain.
3: Um, Ted, thank you for that, um, for those thoughts there. Uh, Alderman Coder, I want to go to you on this rain question. Um, the city did uh, suspend their liquor license. There was a lot of concerns from resident, residents about this place. There's also a lot of uh, the business owner herself saying this was racism on the part of the city to shut that down. Why did it take so long for the city to take action here?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I, you know, this is something I've been harping on with the city administration for a number of months. And you may remember last year uh, in December, we had a, a very high profile incident at Rain. a uh, number of people shot. In fact, that was the basis for the uh, shutdown order that was issued by the excise commissioner. And at that time, the city utilized its emergency COVID powers to sh- shut the bar down for a number of weeks. And then they reopened and then they were shut down again. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, the, we never really dealt with the core issue, which was not just the COVID violations, but the, the, the violence that uh, some of the patrons and Frank some of the staff at Rain are causing on Washington Avenue and around Um, so the excise commissioner uh, at the I think strong urging of the of the new administration finally did uh, call for a detriment hearing and take some action Uh, and so we had a full-blown hearing I guess two weeks ago and that hearing will be concluded on the 27th Um, so in the interim Rain's license is suspended Um, obviously they will have certain appeal rights and we'll deal with that if and when uh, we cross you know when when we need to Uh, but yes this 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 bar in particular was a source of many of our problems, particularly on Washington Avenue. And for those who say otherwise, I would say, well, look at the last two weekends when they've been closed. We've had next to no issues uh, in and around that area of Washington Avenue.
3: Alderman Page, do you share that perspective? Uh,
2: I do indeed. Uh, I I do indeed. Um, And so there are really three parts to this uh, public hearing. There are two parts to the liquor license hearing. It will be continued with hearing additional evidence. I believe it's on the 27th, and today, as we speak, there is a nuisance hearing taking place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so the city has taken the rain issue seriously. Uh, that is following up on a number of shootings. I keep my own count, but I don't want to say it publicly because there's always some possible. Error or mm-hmm. you know misperception, but uh, but I'm I'm very ha- happy that the city is moving forward. Uh, I think it's one of the great steps in the direction of safety and quality of life. May I address Interco Plaza I for would, a second? I would
3: welcome that. Yes.
2: Yes. Well, uh, just uh, I'll try to be as brief as possible. Uh, the Kohler is quite right that it took longer than I personally think it should have to shut down uh, the encampment on interco plaza but i have to say first and foremost homelessness especially in the st louis region is a very complex issue and as a legislator with the city i always take into account the benefits for the homeless in everything that i do however we have some issues that i might want to point out there is a sincere, a a great aggregation, if you will, of homeless services in the downtown area and in the Fifth Ward. And uh, I, for one, think that we all own, as a region, we own the homeless issue. So I will be campaigning in that direction. It took longer. I worked with business leaders in the downtown area To set up an alternative to, you probably have heard the term Camp Cole Mm -hmm. to set up an alternative. Uh, we were supposed to have done a flash cut to Camp Cole that didn't happen as fast. We had to hear from some activists who opposed the program, but uh and unfortunately violence escalated. Mm -hmm. But I can say that on the Friday prior to Labor Day, we were successful in getting that closed and uh, Camp Cole is fully housed.
3: Okay, so that's great to hear that those people have been moved into housing. But it sounds like you're saying these homeless issues can't be just downtown issues. This needs to be something we think about more globally
2: absolutely if I had an hour I'd go into more detail
3: well I appreciate that and I appreciate that uh, you haven't taken that hour so thank you so much for that and we you know we touched on so many things today and I feel so bad that we're short on time here but unfortunately this is the way radio goes so uh, Fifth Ward Alderman James Page I want to thank you for joining us today
1: Thank you for having me.
3: And Seventh Word Alderman Jack Coder, we have just a, a final thought, if you're willing to share it.
1: Certainly. Yeah, Sarah. And um, my final thought would be this. I think, you know, as we get through this pandemic... Um, and we can show that the city is being a partner and coming up with solutions for our issues downtown, you know, when the workforce comes back, I think we're going to be in a great place.
3: Well, I like to hear that optimism, so I'm glad we ended on that note. I want to thank both of these gentlemen for joining us. If you want to keep that conversation going, just search for St. Louis on the Air on Facebook and join us there. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. This episode was produced by Sarah Fenske and Laura Hamden, with audio engineering and sound design by Aaron Doerr and Jane Mather-Glass.